welcome to spiritguides.co.uk network radio. Today's guest is the Barefoot Doctor, Stephen Russell, a master with 44 years experience in self-development based and ancient Taoist warrior principles, author of 13 books with the latest called The Man Who Drove With His Eyes Closed Through Hay House. Barefoot Doctor enjoyed a mystically oriented childhood, studied Akedo energy healing and meditation at 11, studied yoga, Tai Chi in his late teens, the human psyche and how to approach it with R.D. Lang in his early 20s, shamanism living with the Native American Indians for four years in New Mexico and acupuncture and Taoism in his mid to late 20s. Returning to London in 83 to run a very busy acupuncture healing practice until 2000. It's a very warm welcome to the show. Stephen, do you want to be known as Barefoot Doctor or Stephen? Uh, oh, either, or both actually. Well, the Barefoot Doctor I prefer, but Stephen, like, you know, they say hi, Stephen, you know, that's okay, whatever. Yeah, okay. Well, I know you're going to be in London in May. Um, I understand you're going to be at the Mind Body Spirit Festival and um, you'll be doing the flow with the slow intensive relaxation technique uh, on the 29th of May. So if you could just give um, our audience just a brief um, synopsis of that. Well, I, you know, I've been doing um, Tai Chi for nearly 40 years and uh, two of the other Taoist martial arts. And sometimes, even though the movement is actually quite fast, the, the mind turns very slowly internally. And it, it's a way of developing supreme relaxation in the midst of high-speed activity, similar to how you'd be if you were an extreme sports person. But obviously the, the audience of the mind, body, spirit are, you know, mixed all through the ages and physical fitness levels. And um, I'm not expecting to take anyone to an extreme sports state, but um, the internal game of that is what Taoist practice is really all about. And I'm going to be teaching people that so that they'll come out of the session with the tools to um, slow themselves right down in the midst of high speed action and perform more effectively and enjoyably as a result. And also they'll, they'll actually experience the sensation of it with me in the room. So they'll have a lovely time feeling the chi and, and kind of dancing with life in that, in that period. By saying this, I'm picturing all those rows of chairs. So I reckon it'll all have to be done sitting down. <laughs> so is it kind of a mixture of martial arts and Tai Chi? Yeah, it, it's, it's, um, that's kind of what I do. I mean, I teach... Uh, the, the principles of, of, of the Taoist martial arts, of you know, the, the self-defense forms um, at the deepest level, so that people don't actually even have to learn the martial art. They just cut straight to the chase and pick up the inner advantages that a master would have. Um, I mean, that's what I've dedicated like 35 years of, of study and uh, focus on, is how to develop that kind of training in the modern world. So that's what I do now, really. Mostly I do it online, you know, but I love doing the live events because they're, you know, it's lovely to see people face to face. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, with the whole spirituality thing, there's so many different things, isn't there? You know, like some people are into kind of the philosophy, reading about it. Some people are into kind of getting messages from spirit. Um, some are, are into Reiki healing, but then, you know, the kind of the Tao stuff and the, the martial arts of Tai Chi goes back thousands of thousands of years, isn't it? It's like a, a it's almost like a, a, a wise spirituality, isn't it? In a way, like learning how to focus and, and have that discipline. Yes, exactly. It's very practical. So that, you know, you do the techniques and you do uh, put yourself into the position of being a channel. So you can, you can channel spirit. You, you, you do the techniques and you put yourself in the position of being someone who can manifest 
uh, changes in, in an external reality according to your intention. Um, you put yourself in, in the right state according to these principles. You can heal people. You can transmit energy. So it's a really amazing um, template upon or from which you can uh, you can uh, express it in all the all the important ways in your life. So it kind of, although it's not even thought of as of a spirituality, more a sort of super skills, life skills. Um, it it is actually the the as far as I know the broadest based kind of spiritual template that exists. And there's no hocus pocus or mumbo jumbo. You don't have to believe anything. You just have to sort of. Do you know what I mean? There's no kind of names or weirdnesses about it. You just do it and it starts working. I love that about it. Very pragmatic. Yeah. Not that I don't, I don't, you know, I like a bit of hocus pocus and stuff, you know, I'm not, it's, it makes life fun. Because, <laughs> you know, obviously at the moment there's a lot of um, new age concepts that have probably been, I don't know, they're kind of recycled things, you know, like they've got a lot of law of attraction and the secret and stuff like that and they tell you to focus on stuff. But isn't that kind of stuff that's already been around with this stuff in a way? I don't know. Do you? Oh, do you... Very, yeah, very much so. I mean, the, the, the law of attraction is, you know, the, the Taoists called it Wu Wei, which means manifesting whatever you need without any effort, simply by seeing it. And they developed the art of doing that really in a refined way. So that's what I teach, how to actually position your consciousness in your brain, how to position yourself in your body to get maximum power to do the visualization and make it happen. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, the, the, the secret and all those things, they're a beautiful piece of marketing, really. I mean, I have immense respect for the uh, uh, Rhonda Byrne for doing that marketing job. It was brilliant. And all the people that have been involved in it, you know, good luck to all of them. But it is, to my mind, very, very basic and not actually telling very much for me, you know, but then I've been doing this stuff for decades. So, you know, I suppose it would feel like that. But it's helped a lot of people. And that's the main thing. I think what happens is then they start realizing there's, you know, a bit further, you know, more levels to study at. And that's when they start coming to guys like us, I think, you know, because they're going, they're going into a deeper level then. Um, yeah, I also, I think it's something to do with authenticity. There seems to be a general lack of authenticity in the self-help industry, so to speak. It, it just does seem very marketing orientated as opposed to love orientated although you know i'm not thinking of anyone in particular just the sort of impression i get yeah i'm just looking at your your website you've actually got a very interesting uh kind of background haven't you history of sort of traveling various different places and really learning through experience you know on the ground in different you know with different cultures and stuff like that um I mean, you could write a book on that. I'm sure you probably have, haven't you? I have, yeah. My latest book is exactly about that. Is it really? It sounds yeah. really interesting. I mean, it's like, a, I don't know, a modern-day karate kid mixed with Indiana Jones style. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you give us a taster of that? It's really, it sounds fantastic. Well, um, I mean, it started when I was really young. I, had, I was awake uh, as a child. I don't know why, but the sort of that sort of trance of the everyday world that the adults were trying to sell to us as children. For some reason, I just didn't buy it, ever. And um, I remember hearing the OM sound when I was six, just spontaneously lying on the bed. It went, I kind of... But, like, that, you know, it was 50 times uh, deeper than that and huge. And I knew it was sound, what I called it at the time, was God talking. 
And um, it wasn't a surprise or anything. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah the sound. That's the sound of, of God, you know. Where did you hear that? In your mind? or yeah, Between my ears, yeah, right in the middle of my brain. But, but I wasn't hallucinating, and I knew I wasn't. Um, although I knew my mum couldn't hear it. I mean, I only found out as an adult through studying, uh, uh, you know, inquiring into it, that that's what physicists call the background radiation wave, uh, which is 50 octaves below human hearing, and it's what the universe is built on. Um, so it, it, it was like that. It was just for some reason a spontaneous hearing of the sound that, that, we, that builds us. Um, and then uh, I got, I was a bit of a scrapper at school. I used to love fighting. You know? I just, my dad was a boxer and he taught me to box. And I was just always into fighting. I used to love it. Um, <laughs> too much. And I got into trouble uh, fighting too much. And my dad got me into Aikido because a friend of his was studying with a Japanese master at the time. He was a healer as well. And um, so I was the only kid in the class. It was five adult males and me. I was 11. And he taught, because they wanted to know, he, as well as the Aikido, he taught uh, the meditation and channeling qi or chi energy from the hands for healing purposes. So from the age of 11, even though it wasn't like, I, you know, I didn't even know what healing was really, I didn't even care. Um, but I was learning it, you know, and I was good at it. It was because I was only 11. Why wouldn't I be good? You know, there weren't many blocks there. Um, I was only interested in the fighting thing, really. But that was the bit that kind of... Uh, so, um, and then I became a hippie when I was about 13, 67 in London. It was sweeping London. There was this whole amazing, exciting, exotic thing going on with kind of flavors of the Far East and, and India and, and all this ancient wisdom that was coming through. And... Um, I got drawn to yoga, so I, I'm still doing Aikido, I, I, I started yoga as well and that was amazing because it just opened my body up and opened my mind up at the same time. From that I went to study Chinese, no I'm missing a bit out, I studied psychotherapy with R.D. Lang who was an incredible man, uh, a real maverick and a, and a hero uh, in the world of the psyche. Uh, huge consciousness and I was really studying wisdom and consciousness with him, I wasn't Ever good. I never saw myself as ever being a psychotherapist. I just haven't got the patience to sit there talking to people, letting them talk to me all day, or do my head in. Um, I like to intervene fast and make, make a change happen. Uh, but it was an incredible training in, in healing people in a way, like learning to deal with people in a very distressed state and to get over the fear of, 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 of madness, both in others and in myself. Uh, I then went to uh, live with the Native Americans in New Mexico, um, uh, for four years, where I naturally took on, uh, I, I became very close friends with a guy called Sonny Spruce, who's a real magician, a, you know, what they call shaman, I suppose, uh, who taught me loads of stuff, like some amazing way of looking at reality um, and how to pray to this great spirit in everything. In other words, how to maintain a dialogue with the with the Tao, the spirit, and form me everything. But while I was there, I also studied Chinese medicine and became a doctor of. Uh, acupuncture and herbs and massage and all those things that the Chinese do, which is also Taoist, and the meditation. And um, then I, 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 I'd also went to Hong Kong and studied Taoist magic with uh, William the Beauteous Master, who, uh, he was a magician, you know, he could make things happen. Really? In, well, it, well yeah. anything really amazing that just defies normal logic? Uh, there, there, were, there were a few things, um, but... Um, the, the, the most amazing thing was he, uh, before I left, he held me by the upper arms and looked at me in the eyes and predicted 
um, a series of events that were going to happen to me, uh, timed exactly over a course of about 12 years and beyond that more vaguely. But he, and every single thing he said, and some of them were completely unlikely to the point I was going, oh, come on, I'm never going to do that. Uh, every single one of them came true. Uh, that was the most astonishing thing for me, really. Um, I, to be honest, I've seen, now he'd manifest things, he'd make things happen. That was his, that's what I mean by magic. Um, if he needed something, he'd make it happen. If somebody, he needed something from somebody, he'd draw them into his life and they'd come and bring him whatever it was he needed. And I, I've never seen anything quite so startling yeah. in, in that respect. It wasn't like a, it's anything you put in a movie, like it's a special effect. I've seen stuff with my side sheet masters, um, specifically my one I have now, John Kells, who can throw people across a room without even uh, twitching his nose, like really? Samantha and Bewitch. Yeah, just with his mind. He just... And, and I've had it done to me enough times. You just—it's oh, like a gust of yeah. huge gust of wind throwing you across the room. Yeah, because you often see that in the the kung fu movies, don't you? Where they're kind of building up that—is it chi or energy? Chi, yeah. And then they kind of fire it out really quickly because they do it at the blocks as well, don't they? They put the intention to bash through like some bricks or a block. Yeah, yeah. It's just incredible. Um, it is incredible, isn't it? Well, that's just an example of when the mind is focused and the body is completely aligned behind the mind uh, and the breath is linked with it, uh, there's nothing you, that you can't do. It's like you're almost in, uh, superhuman. You are superhuman. I suppose it's believing that we're more than a physical body, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think also, well, it's, it's interesting you say believing because for me it's, it's like you, you know you're, there's more. It's, you don't have to believe it. It's like you can feel it somehow. It's like how can you not know, you know? Yeah. I think you do know when, you, when you're like a, a youngster, when you're a kid, but you, you get yeah. conditioned, don't you? Exactly. That's exactly it. The tra that's what I meant by the trance of the everyday. It kind of covers over the natural majesty of the being, um, the power that you are, the divine being that you are. And you stop feeling that you could even dare to think you were that. You know, how dare you think something so, you know, sacrilegious, really, um, to say that you're, you're God. It's essentially what we're saying, that we're all divine. We're, we're all expressions of the divine being. You know, that's what we are. We're like, we're, we're its expressions. So, um, but we, we feel that we, we mustn't even think like that. And by and by, we start to believe so firmly in this kind of limited version of who we are that that's who we become. Yeah. So on, along your journey, how did you meet these people? I mean, did they come into your life synchronistically? Um, did you just go on a conscious journey to find these people? Uh, no, it was like, for me, it was my, I was like moving through mud, just following my, my fascination from moment to moment. I never really had a clear kind of, oh, right, now I'm going to do this and I'm going to succeed and be a great healer or a great teacher. Never like that. I was just fascinated in these subjects, you know, one by one. Oh, I've got to learn Tai Chi. Man, I've got to learn Tai Chi. And then with acupuncture, wow, I've got to learn acupuncture. It wasn't to be a great acupuncturist. I just wanted to learn it. I was fascinated by it. Um, and uh, it was synchronicity, but it was like my yoga teacher um, kept going on about this guy, Ronnie Lang, all the time. And I said, who's Ronnie Lang? He's like, you don't mean the guy in the small faces. He goes, have you never heard of Ronnie Lang? No, no. He said, well, he's the greatest psychiatrist ever, you know. Here, read this. And he gave me the politics of experience in one of his books. I read it in a weekend, and then it was like, man, I've got to meet this guy. He's amazing. And I blagged an appointment to go and see him, you know, uh, because my friend Johnny, the yoga teacher, knew him. Um, and I went in, and I said, look, the first thing I've got to tell you 
there's nothing wrong with me. I came here because I really want to learn from you. And he gave me one of those looks as if to say, like, is this a scammer? You're a complete loony. He thinks there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> um, but, you know, I convinced him that, it, well, I might have been a loony, but I was genuine. It wasn't there to be healed. I, I went there to learn. But in the process, I was healed. Sunny Spruce, it was amazing. I went up to the, you know, always following my nose, you know, the instinct. And it led me to Taos Pueblo way back before all that sort of stuff was like fashionable or on the map in any way. Yeah. And um, this is after driving 11,000 miles in circles. I finally landed up there. And I heard the sound of a drum in the old Pueblo. And it was this old guy called Old Man Frank banging on a tom-tom. I don't know why. It was like no one else around. And I, so I followed it in. And I spoke to him. He said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, you know, I, I'm kind of really worried about the world at the moment. And I need to be around people from ancient tribes who have the wisdom. I really do. I need to know what, what to do in this world at the moment. I've got, I had a young baby who was just born, you know, three months old or whatever in my arms. And I wanted to make sure everything was going to be okay for him. What's the wise way to live? And he looked at me like, you crazy, lunatic Anglo. And he goes, you need to go and see Sonny Spruce. As if that's where I send all the crazy guys. And um, told me where he lived, about two miles away, down on the, on the reservation. And there were no telephones there in those days, no landlines, no, no mobiles. It was an Indian reservation. So there's no way he could have known I was coming. And I drive up, and he, he kind of walks out and stands on the porch, waiting for me as if like, he knew I was coming. So I pull out the car, and I go, did you know I was coming? He goes, of course, wow. of course. And we introduced ourselves, and you know, he, he asked me what I was doing there, and I told him I wanted to kind of learn the wisdom. And I uh, thought that was quite quaint. And, uh, and, he, and, and he said, what am I going to do myself to earn a living? And I said, well, I'll teach Tai Chi. He goes, what's that? So I showed him a bit. I said, it's this amazing thing, man. It's this thing that the ancient Chinese do. And I was really all excited, like crazy lunatic from London. And he's the most grounded guy you've ever seen. And I show him a bit. Oh, man, I've got to teach it to you. It's amazing. And he stands there really cool. And he looks at me. He goes, I don't need to learn that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, humbled you in one foul swoop. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the only time. I love being humbled like that. <laughs> Brilliant. So, I mean, what's the interest about this whole story? Is like one of these, you know, guys told you what's going to happen in your future, and then you've gone and followed your nose, and it's pretty much happened for you, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. According to a pattern, it's been yeah. yeah. And it's not over yet. Yeah. So, how much, I mean, yeah. do we have free will? I mean... This is a big question, isn't it? Free will. Oh, the, the big question. In the Omar Khayyam, it goes, many knots have been unraveled by the road. Aye, many knots, but not the knot of human death and fate. No, not the knot of human death and fate. I mean, who knows, man? But what I do find is that if I rise up to meet my destiny, if I like pull myself up by the bootstraps, get strong and go, I am willing to participate in this miracle, bring it on. Things start happening, they're amazing. Now, I, I don't know if I made them happen by doing that or if I was always going to say that to the universe, you know. But um, So I don't know if there's free will or not, but it, it feels as if we're obliged to pretend there is at least, you know, <laughs> not give it a nod, of, of, you know, and, and, and rise up and, and be as strong as we can. It seems to work somehow. Mm, mm. So... So basically, after you went to the the um, this this was one of the North American was he a North Native yeah, American Indian wasn't Native he? American, yeah, okay, yeah. and then you did you go on from there, or did you kind of then come back to teach what you'd learnt really? Yeah, that was it. I was sitting on the mountainside one day in New Mexico, looking out over the 
over the Mesa for about 80 miles. You could see up there, it looked like, anyway, to Albuquerque. And and it was like this great spirit. I mean, this sounds very grandiose. It was very subtle and discreet and internal. But it's like the great spirit spoke and it showed a beautiful, colourful picture of music and and spiritual teaching and big events and people connecting up around the world and uh, that somehow I was going to conduct that and uh, in that particular way. And it was like, you have to go back now and share what you've learned up here in the mountains. You have to go back and give it to the people. That's the whole point of it. Um, so basically what you do now, you connect him with the, the younger generation. Because I know you're out in Ibiza. I know yeah. that you've, you're creating music and you've got yeah. your own sort of club dub nights haven't you because yeah, yeah. Um, I mean I, in, in my younger years 10 years ago I spent a lot of time in Ibiza we used mm, to yeah. go over there and you know it was very spiritual kind of scene wasn't it and it I, is, I know that yeah. a lot of like, people like yourself went over there and they, they, they had the whole hippie market set mm. up and stuff and it's a real hippie way of life isn't it well yeah I guess so I mean it, look, it, you know it has evolved a lot I wouldn't exactly say the way I live would be recognised as hippie although I am one in my heart you know, like I live in a beautiful, minimalist, modern, luxury, swaggy apartment with a swimming pool. So it's not exactly like a, a hippie, but <laughs> the, um, and, and also I think that what's happened in Ibiza is that the people have, um, you know, it's not actually that, that the young kids anymore. Um, it is uh, older people, uh, you know, from 30 upwards that seem to be the bulk of the people coming here. And the quality of entertainment, the clubbing and stuff, has, has evolved to something new. Um, so, it, yeah, there is the banging house thing, and, yeah, of course, and um, there, there are kind of young people around, but it's getting older and, and more interesting, more sophisticated, really. Um, the, the spiritual thing is very strong here. It's very powerful. It's a very powerful island. Because I, mean, I remember before the rave scene really caught on over here, you had the kind of the Balearic kind of music mm. in Ibiza, and I remember watching some footage of Ibiza before it was really big, and a lot, you know, like, and it was just, I don't know, there was a real spiritual feel to it. There's people in the clubs, kind of almost in <laughs> like naturist type poses, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I do, I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I totally. I mean, a really close friend of mine, Raja Ram, he was he's the godfather of the, the trance music scene. He he was here in 1959. He was in 1959, and he said it's not changed at all. It's exactly the same beautiful loony bin as it always was. Yeah. I just wonder what the, what the locals think of it. Do they enjoy it that way? Have the Brits gone and taken over the island? Well, they, they did for a while. It, it so happens, actually, well, the Ibisankos, they really they got it back. I mean, they're, they're the ones in control. They, there's no yeah. question. Um, and now the Germans are a much more dominant culture than the English. So the Berlin uh, you know, electronic music scene... It's very, very big here. And there's a lot of link between here and Berlin. Um, it's, it's, yeah, there is, there's some really cool stuff going on here with the whole German scene, actually. And, um, yeah, there's, there's some very cool Spanish people, great DJs and, and club nices. are really the coolest, I think. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, So the, the English did do a fantastic job of coming here and setting it alight. But I think they've taken it onto something a bit different now. It's quite interesting here, really interesting. Yeah. Fact. It's like everything. It evolves, didn't it? With different cultures, yeah. different groups turning up. It's a bit like the UK with different cultures coming. You know, like um, Brick Lane, for instance. There are many different um, groups coming in and changing it over the years, haven't they? I know. And how beautiful. I mean, that's what I love about London, especially. It's, it's so exciting. I love London. I mean, you know, and the way the mix is there, there's nowhere like it in the world. Um, and it's fascinating watching the change it's going through because it's tough now. 
I mean, it's quite, it's a real science fiction reality in London. And, um, you know, nobody knows where it's going. Um, <clears throat> but there's a sense of fantastic spirit there. I always find that because the courage it takes to survive in London, you know, there's a certain spirit that people have that I, I love. In fact, it's throughout the United Kingdom. I just love those islands. Mm. I, it's a funny thing. It doesn't matter how beautiful wherever I am is. Um, I always miss it. every single day. My, my heart kind of pines for it, you know. <laughs> so how do you, I mean, how do you feel things are going to go ahead? Because, I mean, I'll just ask you some general questions now. Because um, I, I kind of like to ask these anyway, different guests. Because, you know, in the whole spiritual movement, this or in what you do is you're, you're kind of focused on opening people up, in, getting them in tune with their energy, really. Yeah. But there's a lot of philosophy around the... You know, we're going to go through a big awakening, and yeah. you know, a lot of people are going to go through this, and perhaps 2012 is a big milestone for this. You know, I don't, I don't know either way. I hope so. You know, it seems that people are waking up, and uh, more and more people are in tune with what's going on. So, I just said, I mean, what do you feel about this? Do you have any thoughts on that? Or yeah, many. I mean, I think look, already we we we've witnessed the most incredible exponential spread of awake consciousness probably ever in the history of humankind, just because there's so many of us. We have the internet, we have all the information um, and the willingness to connect. There's so many people waking up. I don't think it's ever been like this. Um, uh, and it's accelerating exponentially. Uh, I think the vibration is, is, the frequency is increasing, is the feeling I get. Um, it, it would seem that 2012, December 21st, seems like a plausible moment in time when it could all reach critical mass. Um, uh, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. We have to wait and see. But all I can tell you is I can't predict. I don't think anyone can. Um, I'm, I'm always preparing for, on the one hand, it all could just tip, tip right on its head at any moment, and we won't be living in the world we recognize. Um, but, but my feeling is optimistic. I, that's all I can really go with. My, the feeling in my heart is really excited uh, about what's going on and what's coming rather than fearful and that's all I can go on and uh, it's worked for me so far um, you know my feeling is good about something it always turns out well so that's my feeling about the world I've got a feeling that we will have problems for sure we already have but I think we'll overcome them I think we're in, so ingenious and magnificent in, in our collective intelligence um, and, and I think we'll, we will see some miracles yeah that's my feeling yeah, I, I agree, actually. I think whenever there's change, there's always someone to come in to fill the void with new creativity, isn't there? I don't believe yeah. that humanity just falls over. You know, no. people do come in. It's like chaos theory. There's always order that comes out of it, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd really hesitate to predict, though, because I also find, you know, there's a lot of people going around, understandably. I mean, I used to do it myself, with, like, all the ends coming, you know, it's going to be the end, it's, you know, the whole thing's going to crash and blah, 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 blah. You know, maybe, but... I don't know, man. I, I think it's presumptuous to assume we know what's coming. And that for me, I just kind of really, if I can see a whole season ahead, that's like a lot for me, you know. I, I can only ever see one season ahead. So, like, I, I know what I'm doing this summer. Beyond that, it's just very vague. So, to, you know, try and predict what's going to happen in the world in general. Yeah. I think it's... Um, but, but that's what I, what I was going to say was, is the important thing is, is that what we're doing is we're, we're working on spreading the love and connecting people up at the level of the heart authentically more and more and more. And that's what we can do. You know, we start, the work we're doing is amazing work and it wouldn't be happening if the world wasn't 
moving towards some incredible point in history, you know. So, yeah, that fills me with a lot of, of optimism. And, you know, if it is, if it is going to come to that, at least we went out with a beautiful kind of like, man, we joined up, we made it happen, we loved each other. You know, yeah. I think that's that's the thing. Because <laughs> really, it's kind of finishing the work what happened in the sixties, isn't it? With Woodstock, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I often think, why did that come to an end? You know, it's like it got to. It was almost like there. You know, if there was such things as ascension and awakening, it was like in the sixties, and then it all came to an end. Well, well I, I think because there are many, 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 many factors, but you could say it on the most basic level, it's yin and yang. You know, when you, you get expansion, it's always followed by contraction, then it expands again, then it contracts. I, mean, I remember in the 90s, it was a great time of spreading consciousness. You know, yoga became suddenly very fashionable. Madonna was doing yoga, Kabbalah, Sting was doing yoga, tantric yoga. Yeah, so, I mean, just moving on from that, we, we, I'm sure we can we come back on and stuff as well. Now, I know that you do you do live meditation stuff as well on the internet. Do yeah. you gather people through your website as well? Yeah, well, on, on, on the site, there are, um, there are members, and um, one of the things they get as a member is um, a, a weekly live meditation in, in, in the chat room, uh, where that's actually text-based, where I... Um, guide them spontaneously through like half an hour of uh, relaxation, visualization, meditation. And um, by the end of it, they're all in a really high state. It's quite amazing, actually. You get kind of amazing sort of miracles happen as a result. You know, people get beautiful surprises happen in their life after this and stuff. Um, yeah, I love doing that. That's something I developed for about eight, nine years ago. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I do it every week. So people can go to your website through, is it the barefoot2global? Yeah, or barefoot2world.com is the easier one to remember. It's the same one, right. barefoot2world. Yeah, because yeah. also I mean, I've, I've, you've got quite a high profile in the UK. I understand you do TV work as well. Oh, well, I haven't for a long time because, I, well, for a few years because I've been focusing on the internet and not really living in, in, in the UK much. Um, but I was on, yeah, I had, I had a really cool series on called The Barefoot Doctor. Um, where it was like street healing. I'd go around the street and heal people. Um, uh, and, you know, I was on Heaven and Earth and I was on Big Breakfast and GMTV and all of that so usual we, stuff, yeah. Yeah, so in, in what respect did you heal people? Was it through your Tai Chi type stuff or your energy work? Um, well, it, when I say that I heal people, what it really was was showing them how to overcome various blocks and problems in their lives, which I still do. I do that on email coaching these days or, you know, occasionally like one-on-one -on -one coaching. But it was like coaching someone through a process using the martial arts, the Taoist techniques and stuff, the meditation, the chi and everything else, visualization, affirmations. Uh, there, was a, there was a clown, for example, at the circus in Blackpool, um, who's one, one of his jobs was to go up on the high wire and mess around with the, the, the people up there. And um, he, he suddenly develops a phobia of heights. And um, uh, I, I had him standing on higher and higher platforms with his arms in the air shouting, I am the dude of light and, you know, I, I'm not scared of any height. And I had him do it over and over and over. And it basically got him into this visualizing himself being higher and higher, got him all the way up to the top of the rig. And the day after, he was, he was fine. He was up on the high wire and doing the trapeze and all kinds of stuff. That sort of stuff, you know, just yeah. coaching. Yeah. Gotcha. So sort of overcoming people's own fears, really. So, you know, yeah. like... Yeah, it's powerful stuff, isn't it? So with with the um, the Tai Chi stuff, um, 
that's really good, isn't it? I mean, a lot of old people in the, in the UK, and I've met quite a people that um, put me to shame, really, with fitness uh, through using Tai Chi. And, yeah. um, and it's a brilliant method if you've got, like, arthritis or other things that stop you from generally being fit, isn't it? Is it... I mean, what, what are you? I mean, you're the expert, I guess, on on that. I mean, what what, what could you tell people about Tai Chi? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, Tai Chi is a, is is a is actually a form of uh, shadow boxing uh, done very slowly. So it's like doing if you watch people doing kung fu, doing their doing their forms, but it's just practiced much more slowly in a particular way that massages your vital organs internally. Um, increases your blood circulation. Um, it seems to increase the, the movement of fluids through the joints. It actually makes the bone marrow um, uh, stronger, and uh, it, it increases the, um, the the efficiency of your nervous system, and in fact, all your systems. And it puts you in a good mood. Um, it helps you focus, and it's very easy to do. I mean, I'm not saying you know you don't have to to study and learn and learn the moves properly, but once you do, um, it doesn't require athletic prowess or, or physical strength even. You, you just you just have to um, you, you you just have to sorry the cat is playing with a with a bag and it's uh, uh, distracting me. <laughs> you sure he's not doing Tai Chi? Well, you know I learn a lot from the cats. You know it's amazing watching these two cats circling a dog. Um, they they were moving really slowly in a circle around this dog like really slowly, and it was exactly like Tai Chi. You can see where they got it from, all the, the old guys. They must have got it from watching the animals, you Because, know? <laughs> see, I heard a rumour, and I don't know whether this is true, right, but it was something to do with the, um, the peasants or the poor people weren't allowed to have weapons or practice martial arts because it would have been a threat against the ruling elite at that time. Yeah. So they yeah. were only allowed to do it in slow motion. So... Yes, that's a nice theory. I don't know. I like that. It's, yeah, right, maybe I like that. That's a good maybe. story too. There's so many of those stories. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So, I mean, the other thing as well, I mean, I like to ask questions, um, sort of devil's advocate really, and try and draw stuff out of you because I guess not everyone knows what a Taoist is and what their way of life is and if they, they might want to get into it and benefit through what you've learned really. So, I mean, what, what could you tell people about the Tao way? Okay, so, well, um, Taoism is the, is the oldest form of uh, uh, philosophy and, and practice in China. It predates Buddhism and Confucianism. Um, it's very, very, very simple and it, it encourages you to become like a child in the sense that you drop the stiffness and the rigidity of the adult veneer um, uh, and relax your body, become humble, stop seeking self-importance. Uh, and understand that all you are is an expression of the huge uh, intelligence that creates the universe. And the more you tune into that, the more capable you become at actually doing whatever it is you have to do. So, in effect, become a lot more successful at everything you do, uh, but not by trying to be successful or, or important, rather, but just wanting to do whatever you do excellently as a sort of an act of... Uh, acknowledging the, the presence, the great presence. You know, everything you do, you do, you could say in our terms, you do it because you love God. You know, you're doing every act as an act of love to the, to the divine presence. And uh, by doing that, everything in your life works beautifully. But then they also developed um, a whole system 
of self-defense, of uh, body strengthening stuff, acupuncture is from Taoism, as you know, Tai Chi is, Feng Shui, the way of uh, clearing, the en <coughs> sorry, clearing the energy in your house or your workplace, is also Taoist. And then they also talk about yin and yang, um, that reality expresses itself in this eternal cycling of the, the yin and the yang, the, the contraction and the expansion, the, 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 the pulling away from and the moving towards, uh, things going against you, things going for you. Uh, and it's constantly cycling. And understanding and appreciating this cycle in, in your life and in every aspect of your life stops you getting hung up too much when things are going against you or on the other hand getting overexcited when things go go your way it's just like yeah it's all beautiful it's beautiful being alive and uh, that is really the essence of it all it's, it's teaching you to stay in your body keep breathing and remember that each moment is an absolute miracle and to love it just love it for being a miracle so you love being alive and you feel the joy of being alive, and then you share that joy with as many people as you can. Um, but not because you want to be important, uh, it's just because you want to share the joy to make it more beautiful for everyone. And that's kind of it, it's like an innocent, childlike way of being that yeah. just gives you huge power, really. It's almost like the where the student becomes the teacher, but then the teacher can also be the student. So yeah. being humble in every moment as well, rather than just becoming on, on a pedestal, if you like. Because uh, yeah. I think we all meet different people, don't we? And then you know, one moment I've you know I've helped somebody, then they've helped me um, yeah. in that way. But just going back onto the cycles as well with the yin and yang, because mm. is that also represented as like polarity as well, like showing the sort of negative and the positive? Yeah. Um, you talk about cycles, and I know that there's the Mayans talk about cycles of time as well. And I know you mentioned this earlier about the kind of the in breath and the out breath. Yeah. So. I mean, do you think there is this kind of thing where, like, there could be whole sp uh, spans of time, like almost like thousands of years, that kind of lend themselves to a certain energy, and then we move into something else? Absolutely. I mean, you know, in the Vedas, it says that Brahma breathes, breathes out, and the universe is created, and then Brahma, breathes, the supreme being, breathes in, and the universe disappears. Um, so, really, the whole thing is just the, the great being breathing in and breathing out, and. And as it does that, yes, there are these phases in you know, Western terms, we, we call them astrological ages of 2,000 years. And we're just coming out of the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. And that is going to change the mindset of everybody. That's why we're, we're experiencing this, the quickening that we were discussing earlier. Because um, the Aquarian age is all about enlightenment, the Piscean age is all about suffering. So we're, kind of, we're at the last throes of the suffering phase now, hopefully. Yeah. And it's the age of enlightenment. Yeah, and I think it's like anything, when you move from one to the other, there's always going to be um, a bit of a bumpy ride between the two energies, isn't there? But um, yeah. but ultimately, it sounds like we've got a wonderful time ahead. And if more and more people believe in this stuff, and yeah. I mean, there is, isn't there? I mean, everywhere you go, and I can talk about this stuff now to people that would never have even entertained it before. And now they kind of, oh, yeah, this right, sounds yeah. all right, yeah. Yeah, very much so. It's incredible, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing to be part of. Yeah, it is. It is indeed. And also, like, I think in the past, it was always attributed to kind of more wacky kind of people, like yeah. more end-of-the-peer type psychics, if you like. Nothing yeah. against yeah. them, but obviously people are kind of more mainstream. They they don't like that. It's kind of a bit too weird for them. But yeah. there seems yeah. to be a lot more kind of people that 
seem normal <laughs> getting into it, <laughs> whether yeah. we really are. So I think you have to have that kind of inner child innocence, like you're saying, don't you, anyway? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the power comes from being the child. It doesn't come from, like, pretending to be a grown-up sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's absolutely magical. Absolutely magical. So do you do any, any workshops and stuff like that as well? Um, I do, okay. I try and limit them because, I mean, most of the time I'm making music, writing, running the websites and, and stuff like that. Um, but I'm doing a retreat in, in Italy on the 22nd of April for a week at the Hill That Breeds, which is a beautiful place in the hills. Um, uh, it's the only one I really like doing because it's in an octagonal dome and um, it's an in- incredible place to work in and a um, uh, beautiful place. So the whole thing's perfect. So that, that works for me. And uh, otherwise, like I'm doing the odd day here and there. I can't actually remember where, when or whatever. But my, my favorite thing uh, in that sort of world is doing talks. I love doing talks. You know, a couple of hours, you know, I just ramble on and have a good time with everybody. I love doing that. It's beautiful because yeah. it's quick and easy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. So do you find with the Tao and the, and the Tai Chi stuff that you've got a lot of older people coming into the field if you like because is it just young people that are waking or is older people oh no 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 no. so it's right across the board i mean i can't ever you know my demographic is completely unfathomable it's every age and every type of person you couldn't gauge who they all are if you took an audience of people who came to see me um especially in the uk you just it just you couldn't pin down what who are they these people they're all different every age every every dress scent code all kinds of stuff you know but definitely older people are into it. I think more, really, because the older you get, the more you value uh, being in touch with, the, with yourself and, and, and feeling good in your body and your mind uh, and wanting to contribute something to the world. I think that increases as you grow older in general. So, there, yeah, there are a lot of older people, for sure. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Um, I think we'll, we'll sort of end it there for now because um, I think we've covered quite a bit. Um, I mean, before we go, I think just highlight that you've got this, uh, you've got the workshop um, at the Mind Body Spirit Exhibition in London on the May the 29th, I believe. And yes. you'll be going through these techniques with flow with a slow, won't you? So if anybody wants to come along and experience that, they, they can come and see you, can't they? There'll be a very beautiful thing if they do as well. It's going to be a special one, though. Yeah. And also they can look at your website as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, okay. Well, thank you for coming on. Ian, it's been an utter pleasure. You're a lovely man to talk with. Thank you, and you. It's very enlightening. You've taught me a few things on here as well. So it's, it's kind of different to what I normally look into. And um, I must admit, I've kind of, at the moment, I'm slowly looking into the kind of shaman way of life. Yeah. Um, and what, see, what I tend to do personally, I go, I go from one teaching to another, and I'm now trying my foot in the sort of shaman camp. And I, mm. I, in a way, I've read your stuff, and it's kind of what you did. So. Yeah. I think that's a great thing. And I also believe that once we believe in something too much, it's time to move on and perhaps try something new, maybe. I mean, that's kind of my philosophy. Yeah, yeah, keep expanding. Yeah, keep expanding. Sure. Yeah. yeah, so, okay, well, thank you very much. It's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. And, yeah, you um, too. Yeah, and I hope people come see you. Yeah, me too. Lots of love to you and everyone listening. All right. Thank you very much.